Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. My name's TJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the Grumpy Old Man. And what do they say about the Grumpy Old Man? Oh, Grumpy. You can plug your own nonsense. Go ahead. Plug your own nonsense. He's always the same because he never changes. Something like that. There's no shame in my game because I'm always the same. Yeah, my gosh. And I'd like to compliment you for wearing a full sleeve shirt today, not a tank top, and an Islander shirt, no less. I mean, did you steal it off of somebody? I know you need to come off the hip and buy some merchandise. I will say this, Grump. Um, I wore a full sleeve shirt last video cast, if you do recall correctly, and also. I had to go ahead and make sure I, I showed off the Islanders as well today because I do have some Islanders apparel. I don't wear it as often as I should up on the actual video cast. But now, you know, we're starting to get used to streaming. I got to start wearing my Islander stuff. Does it hurt you that you have to wear a shirt during the podcast? Because I know it was painful for me uh, before we were doing live streams having to watch you without a shirt on. Grump, you're acting like you're able to see my entire body. You're only seeing like top up. And it's disgusting. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness, Grumpy Old now, Man. I, I'm wearing one of my shirts today, of course. Let's see if we can get it in there. It's uh, the man in black. You know who the man in black is, TJ? Well, I saw it said Johnny Cash on there. Johnny so Cash. It's, it's got to be Johnny black, Cash, right? Right. Uh, world-renowned uh, country singer from yesteryear. Uh, was married to June Carter, June Carter Cash. Uh, fantastic, fantastically talented musician. Um, like I said, super popular in the 60s, um, early 70s, and then had a career resurgence right toward the end of his life, um, you know, in the 2000s. So just really interesting. And like I said, uh, super talented performer. Um, I just didn't know if you do you know any of the songs he sang, anything. Crump, you and I are such polar opposites when it comes to music. I couldn't even tell you the music that's out in today's age. I mean, I know a few of the songs here and there, but if you mentioned songs, I'm sure I would notice a few, though. Okay. So the answer is answer no. Question, I mean, no. You can just answer a question with a yes or no. You don't have to go to some guy <laughs> try to try to make yourself look good. Just say no. I don't know anything. You could just you might as well just say that. Whenever I ask you these questions, I already know the answer. I'm like a lawyer. I mean, you know, I don't ask questions that I don't already know the answers to. Does TJ know anything about music? No. Does he know anything about hockey? No. Oh, I mean, now, that, now that I'll dispute you on, Grump. That okay. I definitely dispute you on. <laughs> now, I, I understand where, that you have a surprise for me today, a new segment of the podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, we have a new segment. I, I think we're having some technical, technical difficulties. I figure it's going to be interesting going forward. Uh, so my fiance, you've met her a few times, Grumpy. Um, and yes, we talk a little bit after the podcast, after the live stream ends. And I am not up really with all of the new verbiage and the new lingo and slang they come up with in today's day and age. And I know, I can only imagine, Grump, you have zero social media presence. So I can assume you're you're along the same exact line that I am in that particular situation. So I I would imagine it would be enjoy it would be it would be easy for the the listeners and the viewers to enjoy us stumbling over some of the new slang and terminology that people use in today's day and age. Well, I'm sure they don't find it pleasant when you stumble off stumble over just the regular English language. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. So what are you going to do? Was there some type of like what what what, what does this entail? Is she going to come on and just start spewing some type of reckless? 
rant, and I'm supposed to what decipher it? I don't know. What do you? No, about? no, 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 Grumpy. It's going to be a. It's going to be one word, and we're going to have to guess. I, I I don't know exactly. She's. It's called Paige's word. Is I figure. I feel like it's kind of catchy or something. Maybe we'll go ahead and name it something more pop, Grumpy, because I don't really have a lot of creativity. You and her both do. Uh, but I figure uh, definitely during the off season, it's going to be fun to incorporate that into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm down for anything. You know that. I don't care how bad I make you look. I don't care how bad I look. Honestly, it doesn't matter. I, I'm going to tell you this much: she was just rattling off a few of the words that they use in today's society, and I, I'm I'm left baffled. I don't necessarily understand them all, but uh, it's to be understood. I don't keep up with it as much, girl. And I know you probably don't either. So I'm sure the viewers and the listeners are going to get a lot of enjoyment out of that section. <laughs> I'm going to guarantee you that I don't. Um, but I'm sure all whatever these words are, they're probably going to have some basis in probably a real existing word that someone felt you know wasn't good enough uh, to continue using. So let's be stupid. Whatever. Uh, Grump, I, I just... That's all. I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I okay. know we're going to start utilizing it. I don't know if we're going to do so today, um, but I, if we get the technical difficulties sorted out, we will. If not, we'll definitely have it for next podcast, but I know it's going to be pumped. We have a lot of Islanders news to talk about too, Grumpy Old Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm going to let you take the ball with this, and we're going to see where it goes, probably get stuffed into the backfield, and then the Grumpy Old Man will have to – pull out a fourth and 10 play out of his hat to save the podcast as usual, but uh, go. I, I'm interested on your – I'm interested in the news that you have and uh, what's happening. Well, grumpy old man, uh, the biggest Islander news, uh, Devontae's was traded to the Colorado Avalanche for a second-round pick in the 2021 draft as well as the 2022 draft. Okay. Do you just uh, did you want to say anything about that? Or you just want me to go off on it. I will put it like this, Grumpy. We know that the trade was made because we're trying to move Johnny Voychuk, and that's what all the rumors are as well uh, signaling that they needed to acquire some draft capital in order to move Voychuk. And we didn't have a second round draft pick in the 2021 draft, so we didn't have that bargaining chip. And I guess the only way to do so was to trade away Devontae's. We're up against the cap, which I know is also not not a shock to anybody, not a shock to any Islander fan. And this is, I guess, the best way that they determined to go ahead and pursue this. We do have a lot of young defensemen at Bridgeport and in our system in some capacity. So if I guess I'm talking about offloading one of our younger players that can contribute, a defenseman would possibly be the best option for us. That being said, Devon Taves was number two, I think, on, their, on in our defensive core for points four this season. And also, he led, I think he was tied for the lead in playoff points. For defensemen, that is. He led our team in playoff points. He uh, For defensemen. Yeah, for defensemen. Uh, we know who led our team. Another absolutely screaming hack led us. The king of the secondary assists led us in points in the playoffs. Like it really meant anything. Uh, but so were you for this trade or against it? I'm just, you, you know, you go on this long, whatever you go on, but you never really take a position on anything. I know you leave the grumpy old man to take all the tough positions, which is fine. I don't care. But did you have an opinion on this one day or, or, or else? Or you just want to kind of talk around in circles? 
I like Grumpy letting you make the first decision. So then I can go ahead and ridicule your prior statement and I can pick little holes in it. That's what makes it fun for me, Grumpy old man. I know that's what you don't like. But to be honest, it's it circles back to last offseason and it circles back to the moves that we made at the trade deadline. We don't have a lot of cap space. We have we had three major restricted free agents to sign going into this offseason and nowhere near enough cap space. And again, we talked about it on prior podcasts. Lou Lamarill had to find a financial wizard in order to go ahead and sign back all those three restricted free agents um, if he wanted to. But obviously, they're only going to have two restricted free agents after they trade away Devontae's. The situation we're in, I'm, I'm not completely disappointed with it. Uh, or correction, I'm not disappointed with the trade value we got for Devontae's. Two second-round picks is not terrible. I think, obviously, he's a higher value to us because we know what he can do. And if he's on a system like the Colorado Avalanche where they're going to be pushing guys forward and they're going to have their defenseman with a heavy forecheck, I think you're going to see his point production through the roof this next season. I think you're really going to see him flourish in that particular system. Um, that being said, it, we don't have any draft capital, so you can't offload toxic assets when you don't have something to you know get rid of this bad contract. And this is the only thing I guess management thought they could do in order to c- combat that. I- I'm not a huge fan of it long term because, again, we we just gone ahead and made our team older in a sense. But if we do trade Boychuk, maybe then we're a little younger in that capacity. But this is a clear route for Noah Dobson to be an everyday starter. So at least that is the little bit of a silver lining that we have. I, are you running for political office? You still haven't said yes or no on the trade. <laughs> I mean, how do I pin you down? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, here's the thing. I'm going to give you mine. Two thumbs way down, way down for this deal. That's a Siskel and Ebert uh, reference for. It's Ebert who, and Roper, right, Grumpy? It was Sis. No, it was just keep quiet. It's my turn to talk. I let you bore the public for who knows how long. Now, no, Siskel, it was originally Siskel and Ebert. They were uh, two movie critics in the Chicago area for the Chicago Tribune and the uh, Chicago Sun-Times. And they used to have a TV show called At The Movies. And it was it was the first of its kind, honestly. And I know I'm deviating, but hey, that's what I do. Uh, and, you know, they have, whenever the new movies came out every week, they'd have, you know, a little review, five minutes or whatever on each movie, give them thumbs up or thumbs down. And they uh, both called me from the grave and gave me two thumbs down for this deal. Uh, I think, what was the one thing that Lou Lamarillo had to do that he's known he's had to do for this offseason since last offseason? What was the one thing he had to do? One thing. Sign back his three restricted free agents. That was it. And he didn't do it. He didn't prepare for it. All right. I know we've been through this before. The screw-ups of last offseason are now coming back to here. And I, you know, all right, we got two draft picks for it. And everyone said, oh, well, they're going to trade Johnny Boychuk. They might be trading Leo Komarov. Have they done that? I predict they don't do anything. And it's I, also, again, we, we I don't want to really derail you, Grumpy. We understand for the listeners, and I, we get the comments that flood all the time, we understand some of these players have modified no-trade clauses. We understand it. I'm not, we do. Trade, I'm not talking about trade clauses. I'm and talking about they shouldn't, no have they shouldn't have resigned them. Oh, they cost us money last year, which, which meant that we didn't have money to spend on the younger players this year. 
You're backtrack. You just talked about Boychuk and Komarov trading them. You're now talking about re-signing the players last season of Anders Lee, Jordan Everly, and Brock Nelson. That's why we're in the hole we're in now. Okay. When they made those, when he made those signings, he he in essence put himself in a corner, which is what he did. So now you're saying, okay, well, we're trading Devon Taves. And as you remember, a couple of podcasts ago, I wasn't opposed to trading Devon Taves as part of a package deal to get something you need, like a scoring winger, which we have none of, not one. And uh, I was not opposed to that. But if you're giving him away to perhaps facilitate a cap dump, I mean, that's what everybody says, right? We had, we obtained these two draft picks so we could trade a Johnny Boychuk or a Leo Komarov to get more cap space. Well, why hasn't that deal happened yet? I mean, you should have had one in place. You're getting rid of Devon Taves to get these thing to get these assets so you could trade contracts. Well, why haven't you done it yet? Do you think teams are going to have more cap money the closer we get to the season and the further we get into free agency? I don't think we will. I predict we're going to keep them all. That's what I predict. And we'll just dump Devon Taves. And we're going to keep Johnny Boychuk. We're going to keep Leo Komarov. We're going to re-sign Matt Martin. Let's see how much we re-sign him for. And I predict we're going to re-sign Andy Green. The only thing we did was make our team weaker. I mean, if you want to trade a defenseman, why not move Nick Letty? Because I'll tell you what, you know I'm not a big uh, analytics guy, but Taves' numbers were all better than Nick Letty's, every single one. And I know there's been reports there's no way they're trading Nick Letty. Why not? Why or why would we not consider trading Nick Letty? He's the guy we should move. He's not part of the future. He has a big contract, and he's a bottom pair defenseman. And here's the thing. As much as Trotz loves him, he was a bottom pair defenseman in the playoffs. I mean, your top two pairs were Pelican Pulak and Mayfield and Taves, and Letty was the bottom pair defenseman. Why would that not be the guy you try to move? You done, Grum? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I can't I can't interrupt you because it just gets violent. Um I will say this much, grumpy old man. We have to look, and again, you can complain as much as you want about the mistakes we've made in the past. We have made mistakes. I'm not disputing that we were in a bad cap situation. Everybody knew that, right? But it's no longer the, you know, we can't shift direction on the mistakes that we continue to make, as you like to do all the time. We have to look at where we are in the seat we're in right now and talk about how we can actually change that right now, grumpy old man, in the decisions that we made to try to fix that. And I don't think necessarily um, – I'm not sure how much we're going to be able to offload with two second-round picks we've acquired. I'm really not. Uh, and it's unfortunate because you're right, we still haven't addressed the need to have a top-line winger or a top-six winger yet this offseason. People were vying after maybe bringing in a guy like Dadinoff, right? He's he signs gone. for he correct. He's if you let me finish, <laughs> he signs with the Ottawa Senators for three years, five million per. And that's a guy who's who's up there a little bit in age. He's I think 28, 29, somewhere around that age. But in the same token, we didn't even have the cap to entertain an idea like that. And we still don't. Look at look at the forwards. Look at these forwards that have been signing in the offseason. Look at these players who are really contributing. I mean, even a guy like Brendan Gallagher, I think he's important to the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think he's end-all, be-all. But he walks away with, I think, a $6.5 per deal. Again, it's not crazy that those deals don't have astronomical numbers tied to it. But I think long-term, I think Barzal, with whatever deal he signs, I think he's going to be earning more than $6 million a year, to be honest. Does that improve your team? 
Does your team is your team better today than it was at the end of the year? That's my question. Is the team better now than it was at the end of the year? The answer is no. You took a top four defense row of your team and have added no one. So the answer is no. The Absolutely only not. The only well, Grumpy, I will make this point, right? It's important to play devil's advocate. You have improved in that. I don't care what you say. I think it's you don't know huge. that. You don't Hold know on. that yet. You don't know Grump, that yet. Grump, let me finish. I'll get to my points. I will tell you one thing. We knew we had in Thomas Grice, but if Sorokin's anything like advertised, we've improved in that. We have. And I'll wait. Uh, sure, I'll go ahead and put that one on the back burner. But if Sorokin lives up to what he's done and the numbers he's performed there in the KHL, that is a big improvement in that. We also now have Noah Dobson, right, the future of the team. He's going to be up there at the NHL playing consistent minutes. I think that's important. We do have depth down there at Bridgeport. You talk about moving a guy like Devontae's. We've talked about this, Grumpy. Our depth is so is so large and so uh, not verbose, but it's it's well filled in Bridgeport, grumpy old man. And even though I hate to see Devontae's go because I think he's going to produce, especially in Colorado. Absolutely. He is. And I'm not denying that. He's going to produce in Colorado. But in the same token, I think it it's one of those guys that we could move because we do have a plethora of young defensemen down there. You have guys like Sebastian Ajo who are ready to step up. You have guys like Parker Weatherspoon who are ready to step up. You have players and defensemen that are ready to step up this next year and even the years after. I think we're definitely going to sign back Andy Green. When we, when we move Devontae's, that, I, that was 100% an indication, yes, we're signing back Andy Green. That's probably going to be a one-year deal right around a million. So it's not like it's going to break the bank, but in the same token, right? If you look at it over the course of the season, and as older players do get more run down, especially during playoff runs, you have to assume he's going to be a guy that's going to be on his last legs, you know, to use that type of metaphor. Um, In the same token, Matt Morton being brought back, it just kind of leaves me scratching my head. I thought he did a good job in the playoffs, a valiant job in the playoffs. But in the same token, grumpy old man, He's 31 years old, and we have Ross Johnson. We have him signed to, what, two more years left now, and he's making $1 million a year. You know, everybody's everybody's time in the sun eventually ends, and I know Martin is a fan favorite, and he is, but in the same token, time to move on. Yeah, I guess I guess the concern is, like I said, I wasn't opposed to moving Taves. Obviously, they didn't feel strongly as strongly as him as I have. I mean, he's – was probably our best puck-moving defenseman, right? I mean, let's be honest. He was our puck-moving defenseman. Letty hasn't done that job in years. To expect him to revert back to the form that he showed three or four years ago is a mistake. Uh, the only positive, and I think he's going to absolutely light it up in uh, in Colorado. McCarr is going to be on the first pair. He's going to be on the second. That's going to be a really tough team to beat. They're going to be really they're going to be really good next year. I mean, I thought they were really good this year, and you could just tell they were a little bit young. But adding a piece like that, I mean, think about it. He's only been in the league a year and a half, and look at how much he's progressed, right? And you're getting a couple of second-round picks for a top-four defenseman on a manageable deal. I mean, wow, that's a steal for Colorado, I think. I, I think, again, I think with the situation we were in, Getting two second-round picks is not a bad deal. I thought both teams won in the actual deal. We were able to free up a little bit of cap space. But obviously, long-term, Grumpy, 
it's not okay. a huge amount. We hold on. It's not a huge amount. We freed up moving Devon Taves, but end game, I think we can package up these second round picks and move more cap space. Okay, you realize we did not free up any cash from moving Devon Taves, not any, because he, he was, was he was a restricted free agent. Last so season he, he was hold on. Last season he was making how much, Grumpy? Roughly about two or three million. I can't remember. No, Roughly he, about two or three million no, per. No, he was making a pittance, like seven hundred fifty thousand. I don't know what it was. It was nothing. No. It was absolutely nothing. It was nothing. Uh, okay, but here's the thing: he wasn't under contract, so we don't we don't share. We don't save any cap space. What happens is that we don't sign him. We don't have him any longer. I mean, that's what it means. So it was a less one less guy to sign. I mean, he wasn't making a whole lot of money. He signed a two-year bridge deal two years ago when he was still in the minors, and that brought him to here, and he proved that he could play. I mean, I, I just – but, you know, for saving his cap space, you got to offload somebody to create some cap space. It just meant that instead of us having to sign three restricted free agents, now we only have to sign two. I mean, that's all it did. That's all this trade did. Everything okay. else window dressing. At this point, at this point. Now, if he utilizes those picks – or he's able to offload some of the, uh, you know, some of the useless veterans on this team. Then we save some cap space. But right now, we do, we do not. I think you're being facetious to even entertain the idea that we would not use these second round draft picks to move a guy like Johnny Boychuk or to move a toxic asset. I think you're being facetious with that, Grumpy. Have, why haven't they done it? Every, it takes, every other team has done hold it. On, hold on, Grump. It takes time. What do you think? Everything gets done on the first day of free agency. I, that seems to be like that for every other NHL team except for this one. <sighs> we haven't, I mean, that was the big thing, right? We made this deal so we could get these guys and we have a deal, you know, in place for boy Chuck. We're going to be able to move him. Why hasn't he moved? It's been just about – it's been a week now, right? It's been, be well, be, it'll now. be a week. It will be a week as of Monday. The trade didn't even go through until late Monday evening. Okay. That's, uh, that's great. But you know what? Like I keep on saying – the longer it goes, the less cap money other teams have. And you never know. Hey, maybe you had a deal in place with Detroit or Ottawa. Well, guess what? They just made deals to pick up veterans within the last week, both of them, after this deal was signed. Both of them did. I mean, I think you you want to get rid of a toxic asset, you got to do it immediately. You can't wait. I don't think he wants to get rid of anyone. Hey, uh, question real quick, Grumpy. Do you know when they released Patrick Marlowe, when they were able to trade him off to the Toronto Maple Leafs? Was that the first day of free agency or was that two or three weeks in free agency? Do you remember? Because I do. I do, Grumpy. It was two to three weeks in a free agency. I'm just telling you, things like that don't happen overnight because guess what? Teams that are still vying to make movements forward, they're not going to be able to go ahead and a analyze what maybe they need to do as the next step forward. Maybe they don't go ahead and a few – maybe a, a team that's on the bubble – thinks to himself, if we're able to get a guy like Dadnoff, he helps the locker room. Maybe he's able to help push us forward. Well, he goes to Ottawa. Maybe, you know, we don't feel like the guys that are out there right now is going to help move us forward far enough. Maybe we'll just go ahead and rebuild one more year further and acquire more draft capital. I think you have to be a little more patient. That's all. Okay. I guess I look at it this way. If you see there's only so many teams who can take on cap space, and as you like to say, right, what's the thing you like to say? Well, you know, the cap's going to be flat. And I'm in total agreement with that, by the way. So teams are limited with how much cap space they have. And if you see other teams that have cap space making deals to pick up veterans from other teams and getting assets and taking all those contracts, eventually their money's going to run out. And we're going to be left sitting the last guy at the table, as usual, because Lamarillo, you know, hey, let's preach patience, right? Everything's patience, patience. You know what? The last time you won a cup was what? 19, in the 1990s. 
It's a long time ago. That's all. I'm a long time ago since he's won a cup as a GM. Okay. Uh, well, I, again, I'll just put it to you like this, grumpy old man. Not everything has to be rushed. I will say, again, it's really tough for me to criticize a guy when he could still make moves and, uh, and free agency is not over. If free agency ends tomorrow and we don't go ahead and move those second-round picks and we still have Johnny Boychuk and Leo Komarov, whatever type of players you wanted to move off your roster, if we still have them on your team, then I'll jump on the bandwagon and say, wow, what a bad move by Lou Lamarillo. But as of right now, it's really tough to just, it, just jump prematurely and make that accusation. That's all. That's you. I like to jump prematurely. That's what I like to do. I like to make snap calls. I like to say, hey, you know what? If it's bad, it's bad. I mean, you know what? You sound you like Rob, okay. you sound like yeah. Rob. You sound like mob rule right now, Grump. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. So I'm a mob ruler. What can I tell you? Uh, like you were, you hopped all over the JG Pajot. How terrible it was. Terrible. You didn't give it a chance. He was one of our better playoff players, but you did that. So it sounds like you're the one being facetious. I know you like to use those big words, facetious, when you say those certain things, right? I'm just telling you the truth. Truth. I'm just speaking the truth. How, how do the optics look at this, grumpy old man? Jean-Gabriel Pajot, in our system, he's technically a third-line center. He does play more minutes than I originally had anticipated when he came over. I didn't think he was going to be playing 16, 17, close to 18, some, sometimes minutes again a night. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought he was going to be a third-line guy who's maybe playing 14, 15 minutes a game. When I saw that contract signed, he was getting paid $5 million a year. I absolutely almost had a stroke. You can't pay third-line players like that. But he's used in a much more valuable situation because he plays on the power play, plays on the penalty kill. He logs a lot of minutes. His value is more than what I originally thought, and I was incorrect with that original assessment. I'll be wrong. I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again, Grump. Okay. You say, was that a good deal? I think it was. And it's I will say one thing. It did handcuff us when it comes to cap space, though, right? Absolutely not. The deals that handcuffed us were the ones we made last offseason. Those are the ones that ha- are going to continue to handcuff us for the foreseeable future, period. You Here's the thing. You signed – you said, oh, signing a third-line player for that money, it's ridiculous. But we did that with Leo Komarov, and he's a fourth-line player and nowhere near as good as J.G. Pajot at this point of his career. Absolutely not. Lee is a third line player, and he's I, not. I guess he's what not. he's not. He, can, a matter of fact, he's not even a Bridgeport player right now. He can't skate anymore. He was finished in Toronto. You bring back Matt Martin, who couldn't even get off the bench in Toronto, and now you're going to re-sign him. Oh, he has a lot of a lot of people want him. Well, you know what? Let the market play out. Give him his what you want, Matt Martin. You want to come back? Take a vet minimum for a year. I, you're not getting a bidding war for Matt Martin. We don't need him. He's not needed. I but, think I think he will have to take that minimum. But I would like to see him bring Andy Green back. I would like to see. I mean, he impressed me with his time here. Now he's, you know, Lou Lamarillo old too. Uh, but he's real solid, and I could see him definitely pairing with Dobson. And the one good thing that hopefully this trade does is enable Noah Dobson to get a regular shift on this team. That's that to me. That's the one positive because I think. As good as much as I like Devontae's, I don't think uh, he's going to be as good as Noah Dobson is at the end of the day. I just don't say that. I just don't see that. I do agree with that, Grumpy. And now it seems like we're almost about halfway through the podcast. I want to bring in Paige's word now, Grumpy. We kind of alluded that we were going to talk about this earlier on in, I guess, our live stream. 
but she's going to come forward. She's going to present a word or slang that's used in today's, and we're going to have to try to decipher what it means. Hopefully, I'm going to do a lot better with this type of segment than you will, Grumpy Old Man, right? I have to try to go ahead and win occasionally a segment or two. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Let's go ahead and add her in here real quick. Ah! Hey there. Well, hello. This is Paige. This is Paige, my fiance, for those who don't know. But I, I think she will, she'll enjoy this segment, and hopefully it makes us look foolish and definitely makes the grumpy old man look foolish. Hey, that's what I want. I heard that, you know, grumpy, they say you're a little old. So I'm really here to kind of teach you the new ways and how to speak to the young kids as they come around. So you fancy yourself as uh, a new age person? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I have to help this old man over here with his technology too. So, you know, I'm helping him as well. I will say this, Grumpy. For the Hockey Podcast Network, we had a Zoom call for everybody in the Metropolitan Division. And I don't use Zoom. I use WebEx. And I'll tell you this much. I couldn't understand. I didn't understand how to get everything working on Zoom. I didn't. I was having difficult times operating things. And she's got to come over here and save the day. And I'm like, wow, I definitely feel tech targeted right now. I use toilet paper. I use toilet paper. So I don't know what the heck you two use, but I use regular toilet paper. I guess that's what being a grumpy old man is. I just use what works. Works. Now we're using WebExes and Zooms and every. I don't know what the heck you're even talking about. Sounds like some type of cleaning product. I don't know. (laughs) Grumpy old man. So, so Paige, how is this? How is this thing going to work? Are you going to give us a phrase or? Like, yeah, I'm just going to say a word, and I can give you the normal context. And if you can't get it just after the word was given, I can give you a sentence, and I will impose me and you know, sweet here fiance's life into these sentences to give you reference. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. So the word of the day we're going to start with is receipts. Receipts. That's like TJ's hairline, right? No, no, like, you know, you get a store, you get a receipt. Oh, a receipt. Oh, receipt. Yeah. What does that mean? It, this, there's a slang term to use for it. Oh, oh, I know what that means. That means like if someone uh, like hits you, you punch them back, man. You, you're asking for a receipt, right? Mm, not quite. No. I don't know. Okay. And that's not the grocery store one. No. You, get a receipt, you buy your merchandise. Boop, boop, boop. And they give you a little thing every day. That's a receipt too now, right? That's only boomers get receipts now. I mean, I don't ask for a receipt anymore. So that's a whole different thing. I'm glad I'm glad Paige knows that she's got to be feisty right back with the grumpy old man. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, when you're talking about receipt, maybe it means you're earning a lot of money. I don't know. Maybe it means you purchased a whole bunch of things. I, I'm about as lost as grumpy old man on this one. Do you want me to give you a sentence? Please yes, give me a please. sentence. Okay. Um, TJ is taking me out on a date tonight and I have the receipts. Uh, I, I, um, I don't know what the heck that even means. It sounds like you picked the wrong word for that sentence, honestly. Okay. <laughs> um, you know what the word means? Yeah, I do. It's a slang term, Grumpy. It's how the kids use it these days. Well, kids are stupid, so it probably makes no sense. I don't know. I don't know. Is there any other sentence that could possibly? Um, let's think. It would be, I know my friend's lying to me, and I have the receipts to show it. The proof. Proof? Is that a proof? It is. It's the evidence of what a person says, mainly pulled from social media and text conversations. Uh. So it's receipts from conversations had its proof. 
Well, wow. Paige, at least you add some prettiness to this podcast because that word was terrible. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. not using it. That's just words that I'm trying to get you used to, you know? Oh, okay. So I can so I can walk up and have street cred. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm here for. Okay. Well, now, Grumpy, when you're communicating with generations that are way younger than you, Grumpy old man, you can now feel when they're talking about things where it might not sound like a certain word used in the right phrase. You understand what they're saying. You can go ahead and say, "Hey, man, I've got the receipts right here." I. That's what I'm gonna say. The Grumpy old man is great. And I got the receipts to prove it. Woo! Exactly. There you, go. there you go. I could use it easy. There you go. Yeah. See, yeah. You got it. it's just a simple definition. There you it go. It doesn't take long for me to implement these new words. Mm -hmm. at all. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Paige. I appreciate it. We'll have you on next, next week as well. I'm looking forward to what new word I get to learn about next week's podcast. Hey, no problem. Y'all have fun talking about uh, hockey over here. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Thanks, Paige. All okay. righty, Grumpy. All right, you know now back to hockey. No, I'm just okay. kidding. That's fine. Hey, you know what? I watched a I watched a hockey movie this week. It was on cable, and it's one of my all time favorites. Not a classic movie by any shape, but Young Blood. And oh, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know if you remember the movie Young Blood. Rob Lowe uh, was in that movie, and he looks just as good now as he did then. So I mean, he's one of those ages of wonders. But it was a couple of lines in that movie. Uh, that just it, it was just hilarious to me where there was a guy who was a goon and they were both trying out for the Mustangs for the Memorial Cup run. And uh, uh, his name was Carl Racky and it was him and Dean Youngblood who were going for the spot. They decided to keep Youngblood uh, because, you know, he was the better looking one and it helped sell the movie. And uh, but you knew they were going to play right in the finals. And you see Racky gets picked up by the goon team. And, you know, they're roughhousing, knocks out Patrick Swayze, uh, who was another star at the time. Uh, and uh, you saw that uh, one of the teammates come up to Racky after he ran Swayze into the boards. And he goes, I'm going to carve you up, Racky. And I'm like, you know what? That is so beautiful. I don't even think you can put that in a movie today. And then later in the same movie, you got see young blood is getting run over by Racky in the championship game. And the guy in the stand yells, come on, kids, stick them, stick them in the head. I mean, that's hockey. I'm sorry. We need that. We need Grump, Grump hockey yeah. has changed since those movies were around grumpy old man. And I know you like reminiscing back on I the do. good old days where People like Mike Milbury could go up in the stands and beat people with their own shoes. But those days, I'm sorry, Grumpy, they're gone. They're he no longer what's going on shoe. in hockey. He beat the guy with his own shoe. Get the story right. He beat the guy with his own shoe. That's even better. I mean, you're getting beat up with your own shoe. I mean, it's not like he pulled off his skate and slid his throat. He just took the guy's shoe off and gave him a beating with it. Nothing wrong with that. I did. You got to make sure you let me finish, Grump, because when you speak, it goes it messes everything up. So you got to let me finish speaking, Grumpy. I will say, kind of moving on to the next bit here about Islanders hockey, you talk about what moving forward pieces or what, what pieces moving forward the Islanders can address to try to salvage this offseason. I don't think it's a terrible offseason yet. It all depends on what Lou Lamarillo does. It's not ideal that we move a guy like Devon Taves. When you look at it, the optics immediately scream, we've taken a step backwards by moving a guy who's a top four defenseman on our team We've taken a step backwards. That being said, grumpy old man, 
There's a lot of different moves out there that we can adjust and make and account for to improve our team offensively. Name one. Name one. I don't see one. I don't see one. You're you're still in the same cap situation you were in when you traded Taves. You just have to sign two guys instead of three. That's the only difference. Nothing else has changed. You've signed a bunch of ham and eggers to, to play in the minors. Great. You want to sign back Matt Martin and Andy Green, guys over 30. Great. I mean, is that the recipe for this team to win long-term? It's not. I'm just going to tell you it's not. I mean, is that the way that we really want it to go? Tell me what moves they can make. Can you make a trade? You don't have any trade chips. Unless you want to dump more young guys, what do you have to trade? We do have pieces of trade. And now, again, it depends what guys what you mean when you're talking about young guys. I don't see us making or moving any players that are in our system right now that are younger, that are going to make an impact maybe in the future. I don't see that take being the route going forward. There are free – again, like Mike Hoffman, I know is a name that gets thrown out there a lot. I necessarily wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, but in the same token, grumpy old man, it's 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 tough. I, I We don't have a lot of cap space. And I think before we even start entertaining the idea that we have to sign back Matt Barzal as well as Ryan Pulak, right? Am I crazy or is that – I think that's the next step. Does that improve your team? I don't think it improves your team at all. All it does for me is it just keeps the same guys and you're just weaker in the, your front four. That's all it does. That's all it does. I mean, we don't want to play any young players, right? I mean, let's be honest. We don't. I mean, they're going to have to play Dobson. I, and this thing, to me, Noah Dobson should have been playing all year last year. You know I've said it. Boy, Chuck should have been the one sitting on the bench, and they should have played Dobson. Let him go through the growing pains that first year. I had no problem with that because now he still has to go through that a little bit. I thought in his brief, uh, the one game he played in the playoffs, he was really good. That kid's going to be really good. I Really good. I, I don't think anybody's saying he's not going to be good, Grumpy. Okay, but who is your who? Who do you think they're looking from from the minors to step up and play on this year's team? Maybe, uh, hopefully, Kiefer Bellows. I mean, I would much rather bring up a young guy to play. But look at how many contracts we have with veterans on that team that are unmovable. That's your whole problem. You don't have any contracts that you can move for any that have any value. Maybe a Josh Bailey, right? Maybe a Josh Bailey because you trade high on him. But everybody else is not movable. You don't want to move Nelson. I mean, he certainly performed to his contract level. You're not going to move Everly or Lee. You're just not. I mean, who else you who else do you have to move? Bavillier's a restricted guy after next year, right? You got you got you got to slow down, Grump, because you just introduced five or six different things that you wanted me to address and you keep asking and piling on to it. You ask what type of prospects do we maybe see next year? A guy who is very, very often forgotten, who was hurt last season in Bridgeport, who I thought was ready to take the next step, a guy like Mitchell Van Sample. It's going to take him a while, just like it took Devontae's, but he's a guy who might be able to contribute, maybe not at the beginning of the season, but maybe midway through if injuries do happen. I think a guy like Sebastian Ajo is a guy that we can rely upon too. And if you're talking about with the forwards, right, Otto Koivle, I think, is ready to go ahead and step up next season. I think Kiefer Bellows needs to be or at least given a very legitimate chance to make the Islanders roster out of camp. I think it's necessary that he plays with the New York Islanders in some capacity because if they're not going to play him next season, move him. If you have no plans to play Kiefer Bellows, which I would like to see him given a chance, but if you're not going to if you're not going to play a guy like that and don't have, you know, the mindset that he's going to play next season, move him this offseason. Don't let him sit and ripen on the, on the vine. 
because if that's, that's like the case, if that's the case, Grumpy, you're not going to get any type of return for him if you just keep him down there in Bridgeport and let him shuttle between Bridgeport and you know the Islanders. Well, that's what I've said for years. Play the young guys. The old guys, you know, hey, they're not they're not going to be part of the long term solution. But look at how many guys we have under contract, right? You have your bot, and if they sign Matt, why would you sign Matt Martin back when you want to elevate guys from the minors? It makes no sense. Who are on rookie deals? Why would you sign him back? You have Ross Johnston, you have Sezikis, Clutterbuck, you bring Martin back, you have Komarov, you have Pajot. I mean, these are these are bottom six guys that are all locked in. You have Lee. Everly, uh, Nelson, these are all guys on long-term deals. I mean, where are you? You're, you're not going to improve unless you can move some of those guys out. Bailey, another one. You need to be able to move some of those guys to let the young guys get into the into the roster. You have to move some of them out. That's, well, we've that's been the biggest issue they have. We've been having some comments here, Grumpy Old Man. And one here is by Bruce Kingsta. He says, uh, Grant Hutton, watch out for him. And absolutely. Now- absolutely. He – let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you one thing about this organization. They know how to pick defensemen. Absolutely. They are really, really good at that. Then you know what? If you're good at that, that's teams around the league love cost-effective, productive defensemen. And we have those. We have so many of those. You want to move guys, move guys like that. So maybe you could bring in a scoring winger or to off, if, even if it says instead of giving up draft picks, you move one of those players with a boy chuck or something. I mean, we just need to get some of the old guys off the team so the young guys can play. I mean, this, this, is, this is my point. We do have, we do have young prospects who are movable, and even if we do move a guy like a Devontae, this is my point, Grumpy. If we do move a guy like Devontae, we have players. I mean, Grant Hutton now is twenty-five years old. He played extremely well in Bridgeport last season. Who's to argue that he's not ready to take the step? We have so many young defensemen in Bridgeport that are ready to take the next step. I'm not saying we gut our entire defense and trade everybody off because we have all these younger players. In the same token, though, it I don't think it hurts as much as my initial reaction. My initial reaction, I was a little upset. I thought that we definitely took a step backwards that day. In the same token, though, it's I'm trying to I'm trying to look at the bigger picture. If we're able to offload a guy like Johnny Boychuk or Leo Komarov, and they understand they have modified no-move clauses for like the 15th millionth time. But in the same token, if we're able to go ahead and move and offload a player like that, I think long-term it helps us. Well, to me, then you bury them on long-term injury. That's what I would do. You know, hey, it's a business at some point in time. Just bury them on long-term injury. We, I mean, we, we if, talk, if, you, we can, talk. if you can't get rid of them, if you can't get rid of them, Bury them. That's going to free up cap space for you. And instead of moving Devontae's, I would have moved Nick Letty. But that's what I'm talking about. You have all these young guys ready to step into the NHL, but you insist on keeping the old guard. At some point in time, move them out and let the young guys play. Grump, we talked about this last podcast and a podcast before and three podcasts ago and 15 million podcasts ago. When you move a player to long-term injury reserve, it doesn't actually save you as much as you believe. If we move our players to long-term injury reserve, it only saves us like a million and a half or a million per contract, depending on the contract. It all depends. That's not a significant move of the needle. It's a slight tick, right? We're looking to make some significant moves, correct? They're not going to make any moves. That's why I think you're mistaken. They they cannot make any moves. They have too many guys signed to, to deals 
on the, in the as a forward group. Way too many guys. You don't have spots. That means you're going to have to get rid of some people. I mean, that's just what you have to do. Until they get rid of some of these veterans, they cannot improve the team because I, they are all under contract. I will say this much. I was a little disgruntled that we didn't really consider, I think, moving Nick Letty first. I will I will also agree with you there, Grumpy Old Man. I thought I think that the love that Barry Trotz has for Nick Letty almost made him a non-moving piece. It wasn't even as in a conversation because I, I don't think Nick Letty I think Nicoletti and Devontae's are relatively interchangeable. I think they both have mental lapses occasionally on the defensive side of the puck. I also think, though, Devontae's, I think he, he's not lazy. I cannot tell you how many moments there are, grumpy old man, where I see Nicoletti being lazy. Grump, can you move your camera a little bit? We're getting that glare in the corner if you see that. I don't see any glare. <laughs> How's that? Better? Okay, it's coming from the window. In the back. No worries, grumpy. But um, I'm sorry, I can't control the sun, DJ. <laughs> Stop, Grump. You're gonna blind me. You're gonna blind me if you do that. You can't okay. do that. It's better. It's better now, Grump. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll let you respond though. Yeah, I don't even know what you were talking about. You jumped on me for a, a camera malfunction. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like I said, yes. The thing, the difference between Devon Taves and Nicoletti is. Nick Lady is what, a 10, 12-year veteran in the league? And, uh, you know, Taves is a year and a half in the league. That's the difference. I mean, Taves still had room for improvement. Nick Letty's not going to get any better than he was two or three years ago. I mean, and that's – you traded away the guy who was your uh, the point man on your number one power play. Who's going to get that time? I'm going to tell you who should get that time and should be number one should be Noah Dobson because the one thing that kid does – he puts the puck on net. He's not afraid to shoot the puck, and he puts it on net. So maybe a useless dog like Average Anders can pop in a rebound because he's not worth anything else, honestly. Well, again, Bruce brings up the same exact point that we have, right? Trotz, I think, does. I think he did go to Lou and said he he would rather have a guy like Nick Letty over Devontae's because I in, in that scenario in this offseason, I think he understood that one of those two players had to go. They had to free up cap space, and one of those players had to go. Andy Green, I think, was always in the picture, and I think bringing him back on a one-year deal for around a million dollars for the season was always in their plan. With If something were to happen, you can rely on the younger guys there in Bridgeport. I always think that was part of the plan. And I think you're right. Once we saw Trotz rave about Nick Letty's performance after game six, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, I, we could have penciled in that there was no way he was going. People were trying to fantasize, well, maybe they're saying this because they want to raise, raise Nicoletti's trade value. I'm not buying it. Yeah, I think they should have moved him two years ago when he had value. I just, I mean, oh. move guys when they have value. That's what they should have done. This, The current group isn't winning a Stanley Cup, people. It's just not. And if Lou Lamarill thinks they are, he's more senile than I thought he was. Because guess what? We still don't cannot score enough. We just cannot score. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. Now you've taken off a guy who could actually lead the rush as a defenseman. You get rid of him. And who are you going to put in there? Are you going to put Letty in that spot? I mean, he was a failure. He's an abject failure on the power play. I mean, he just was. Hold on. You're talking about moving moving the puck up the ice and leading an offensive hey, rush. Hold on. Hold on, Grump. 
moving the puck up the ice and leading an offensive rush is completely different than being successful in the power play. Nick Letty and Devon Taves both excel with, with proceeding the puck up the ice and getting it into the opponent's zone. They both do a very good job for defensemen for that particular role. If you're talking about who excels more as a defenseman on the power play, our power play is hideous. I don't think any of our defensemen do a fantastic job on the power play. I think every single defenseman on our team leaves room for improvement on the power play. There's not a single player I say that is a guy who is a number one defense pairing on every single power play across the league. We don't have one of those. No, but I believe Noah Dobson. That's why I said Noah Dobson is a guy who should be number one on the power play. Absolutely. Because his passes are smart. They're sharp. I tell you what, he's uh, he honestly could take over uh, from what Taves did. Okay, I mean, he really could. I have no doubt in my mind. I don't know if he'll be 100% ready. But, you know, you're going to have to live with those mistakes. That's why they should have played more last year. But I don't want to see it go to Nick Letty just because Trotz loves his veterans. I mean, see, that's the problem I have. It's like I don't care that you like this guy. He's not as good a player. Best players should play. You should have kept the better player and offload the less uh, the less attractive guy. I just I, I don't I just don't like what they did. And I felt like Nick – I don't want to see Nick Letty elevated just because Devontae is gone, because he hasn't earned it. And I guess that's the problem I have. You traded away a player who was better, even – I don't care what the coach says, what he does on the ice and how much time he plays on the ice and the situations he's in, Taves was a better player than Letty. But the coach wanted Letty. Why? Okay. I'm going to backtrack. You, you are continually bringing up 10 or 12 points every single comment. If you want me to respond, you got to go ahead and let me at least interject every once in a while. You talked about why he favors the veterans over the prospects. We've talked about this, Grumpy. I think even if a player has a higher ceiling, if he can look at him and say, I think these players are relatively comparable, but I can expect a guy like a Matt Martin or a guy like an Andy Green to be more consistent and avoid you know these these mental lapses and mistakes. He's going to go with them, and it's unfortunate, right? It, I think that's just the type of coach Barry Trotz is. Yeah, we know he likes to bury the young guys. Young guy makes one mistake and it's the end of the world. But you have the veterans make mistakes and it's okay. You know, see, I don't believe in that mindset either. Honestly, uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't. I know he likes the vets, and maybe it's because when he uses the word receipt when he talks to them, he doesn't have to worry about some new some new term, you know, they know what a receipt actually is. That's possible. <laughs> a grumpy old man. You're already utilizing the receipt. Oh, that's nice. What the heck? Oh, that's I don't nice. even care if I use it wrong. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it makes you feel more hip, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I look at it like this, grumpy old man. I think there's a fine line. I'm okay with some mistakes. I really am. I, when players are young, they're going to make mistakes. But in the same token, you have to slowly integrate those players in. You can't have a large a large influx of young players on the roster in some capacity. I don't want the player to have a baptism by fire. I think the reason Noah Dobson didn't play a lot more often with, for the Islanders organization last season was something that people aren't mentioning. When you're an athlete, and a professional athlete, you have to have confidence in yourself. You have to be able to understand that you are and do deserve to be there. And it's really tough to point out and to say, because everybody thinks these professional athletes all have nerves of steel, that they all think they're the greatest things since sliced bread. Some of them most certainly do have that 
mentality. I don't think Noah Dobson sometimes out there in the ice had that confidence that he should be playing with because he has all the physical and tangible tools. But again, he looks a little tentative out there. And I think what we saw in the playoffs, that last game there against the Tampa Bay Lightning, I thought he looked very confident. A confident Noah Dobson is a successful one, in my opinion. When you kind of get a little too afraid to make a mistake, that's when it can really hinder your game. And, and that could be one thing, right, Grumpy? We don't watch the practices. It could be all the time where he's in practice, he's doing a drill, he makes a mistake, and he has a mental lapse and error, and immediately he could tank for the next five minutes. They might have shifts after shift in practice situations where he continues to make mistakes and he spirals out of control. We don't have that insight. So that's why I try to like to go ahead and say I try to tend a little bit towards Barry Trotz, but when I see those veterans still make a mistake after a mistake, I do understand your point. I think I kind of agree a little bit with it, but, again, it's tough to say, though. Okay, here's what contributed to – and here's the thing. I didn't think Dobson played poorly last year, not at all. That's why you you let him play. I mean, if he didn't have to go back to juniors, he never would have sniffed uh, the big leagues last year. He would have been down in Bridgeport. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's be honest. That's for certain. But here's the thing. He earned his time up there. I mean, and you think about, all right, what's the one thing everyone talks about? Oh, when uh, Kapanen – gave him the okey-doke, and um, gave him the nutmeg to score a goal. Big deal. Let me tell you something. I've seen Letty and Boychuk and those guys make that mistake a hundred times. A hundred times. Well, with Boychuk, I've seen Boychuk not be able to skate and keep up with them. So they don't even have to give him the okey-doke. All they do is skate in a straight line, and you see Boychuk, Superman, and diving and trying to extend his stick to block block passes and shots. So, yeah, (laughs) to to make your point valid, yes, Grumpy, I agree. And, uh, you know, honestly, you know, you look at how he improved over the – he's 19, right? That's another – he was 19. Okay. And he played out of position. He's a right-handed defenseman, but they teamed him up with Boychuk, and they didn't move the veteran to the left-hand side. They moved the rookie. What is that – I mean, that speaks volumes to me, right? It's like let the kid play position. I think he and Andy Green, I think, are going to make a really good defense pairing. Really good. And they'll probably be the bottom pairing guy because he loves Scott Mayfield too. And they're going to elevate Letty, which I just don't see. I mean, I just, I don't see a guy whose play has regressed over the last three years getting a promotion uh, in essence because we traded away a better player, a younger player with more upside because we had salary cap concerns that so far we have not addressed. Well, well, here you go, Grumpy, right? When it comes down to it, the arbiter of the talent, even though we can talk about you know who we think has more talent than who out there on the ice, it honestly doesn't really matter. The only arbiter out there is Barry Trotz. So I think Barry Trotz does like Nick Letty, and I think in his eyes, obviously, it does show that he deserves more time on the ice. I will say this much about Nick Letty. Who knows how much he was hindered from playing with Johnny Boychuk? I'm willing to entertain that. I am not a Nick Letty huge supporter. I'm not. Because I cannot stand where I see a lazy, a lazy effort play that leads directly to a goal or a high opportunity to score for an opposing team. That stuff drives me insane. And Nick Letty's a repeat offender. I mean, Mayfield consistently throws the puck out behind her own net right to the middle of the ice. They all have issues. Nobody's perfect. In the same token, though, Grumpy Old Man, how much do you think Nick Letty was affected by playing with Johnny Boychuk? I know you like Johnny Boychuk, so this might be tough for you to answer. No, it's not because Johnny's finished, Okay. I mean, I know that. Everyone knows it. Um, you know, but the fact is, he was when uh, when Pellet got hurt, um, they wound up – who did Letty play with when Pellet got hurt? He didn't play with Pulak. 
Grumpy, you're asking me a long, long okay. time ago. Yeah, I, can't, I, mean, I, I, think they, I think they jumbled up who was playing where occasionally. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, he looked crappy no matter where he was. He hasn't been good for years. Like I said, I want to say three or four years, he hasn't really been good. His play has tailed off. I mean, he certainly does not earn the He doesn't deserve the money that he's getting paid each week. I just – I, I just I don't, I don't have the faith in him, and I like I've always liked Nicoletti, but like I said, his play's deteriorated. To me, at this point in time in his career, he's a bottom pairing defenseman and a good bottom pairing defenseman. I I think we get spoiled. I've got a few points to make there, Grumpy. I think we get spoiled watching our defense and how our system works and how successful it is, and that's not the case around the majority of the teams in the NHL. True. A lot of times they have multiple defensive lapses committed by the same player or all their defensemen in every single night, in every game they play. Where for us, when you see defensive lapse, I think it pops that much more. Or you see a lazy execution play where they're just not putting enough effort in. It pops that much more because of the style that we play. So, you know, I try to take it a little bit with a grain of salt. And when you go back to the fact that when Noah Dobson was put on the team, he had to play out of position. And I think this is our point. It's tough, right? Because I think Noah Dobson, ideally, you'd want him to feel confident, so you'd want to play him on the right side of the defenseman. He's a right-handed defenseman, correct, Crumpy? Yes. So you'd want him to play on the right-handed side. Absolutely. But in the same token, you have limitations with Johnny Boychuk. He just can't skate. And I understand you ideally would like to have the veteran play that left-handed defenseman side. But Barry knows he's got limitations. Trust me, just like we pointed out, he knows it better than anybody else. Well, and the same token, though, it, you're, you're working with a limited capacity. And one defenseman, I think he was dead weight with Boychuk. So I'll be interested to see how, how much better, better Nick Letty plays when he's healthy and he's playing with a different pairing. Okay. Now, here's the thing, right? It's just – and to me, it's all because he won't – he refuses to play young players. If Johnny Boychuk was that bad, was so bad that you had to take the rookie and play him out of position, well, how about bringing up Sebastian Ajo and letting him play with – uh, Mayfield and let Letty play on his natural left side with Dobson on the right. Why not that? Make Mayfield and Ajo, Letty and Dobson, and then your top pairing. Why not that? I mean, you could have done that, but no, we're going to play a guy who's finished. And uh, you know, I love Johnny Boychuk, but he's just not the player that he was. I mean, and you're going to play a young kid, 19 years old, out of position, just so you continue to play jo uh, Johnny Boychuk? No. See that those are the mistakes I think he made. Sebastian Ajo is a guy ready to play in the in the NHL right now. Is he going to get a shot? No, he won't, definitely won't get a shot this year because your your defense pairings are already picked out. They're already picked out. Okay, Grump, I'm going to tell it to you like this: This year, maybe he doesn't get a chance right out of camp, but he I think is the number one alternate or the number two alternate behind Grant Hutton or even a guy like Mitchell Van Sobel. He's up in the mix. I can tell you one thing, two years from now, he's going to be on the NHL roster with the Islanders because he did sign that two-year extension. Year one was a two-way contract. Year two was a one-way contract. So he's going to be with the Islanders in some capacity in year two. It's hard for me to believe that they're just going to say, we're going to keep you down here strictly at Bridgeport for the entire next season. But you know, two, you know, a year from now, you're going to be up with the Islanders every day. When He's an older guy. It's not like he's continuing to – uh, it's not like he's continuing to mature and get a lot better because he's a young young man. He's he's an older he's an older player down there in Bridgeport. Yeah, I mean, you know, but who knows? Maybe they let Pellet go for a bag of pucks too, or a couple of second round picks next year because they don't want to risk signing him. Who knows? I mean, anything could happen. But look at the look at this. Honestly, 
you have Andy Green. I mean, really, one-year deal tops, right? I mean, you can't go more than one year on Andy Green. But look at we – I mean, look at our defense pairing. I mean, look at how young they are. You got Letty and Green are old, right? There's so many guys in front of these guys in Bridgeport. That's the problem they have. Move someone. If you like I said, I wasn't opposed to moving tapes, but get something back for what you need. That's all. That's all. Grump, again, you talked about how Andy Green performed well in one token, but in the other token, you're ready for him to be gone. No, no. I said it's only going to be a one-year deal. That's what I said. It's going to be a one-year deal. But I mean, but that's why that's why Aho's not going to play up with the big team this year. He might be a guy there's a number seven defenseman. That's what he might be, but he's not going to actually play. I mean, whose spot is he going to take? He's a left-handed defenseman. Whose spot is he? Maybe Letty. Maybe that. Maybe it's your bench Letty. I have no problem with that. Move on. Grumpy, you are you're you're trying to you're trying this evening. You're 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 giving me a little bit of a migraine already, Grumpy. You you do it all the time, but this day is a little special for me. Give me a little bit more of a migraine. <laughs> um, I, okay, think no, I think we're, I think I think we're getting caught in the weeds. I don't think it's that important that we continue to, to examine what's going on on the defensive side of the puck. I mean, I had the intention in this podcast we're going to be talking about what what movements forward and what steps we could make to actually improve. But again, as Grumpy does, he takes control of the podcast and he goes wherever he wants to steer his uh, his lane. And again, I'll blame myself for not keeping you in your lane, Grump. Okay, but seriously. I don't think there's I don't think we're gonna make any moves. I think Taves was mostly traded so they could just sign the other two guys. So they have enough money to sign uh Pulak and Barzal. That's why I think the trade was made. Because I don't see them making any other moves. I think he's happy with keeping as many vets as they can. I'll 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 be ecstatic if they actually move a veteran off of this roster. It's what they need to do, but let's see if they actually do it. And the longer it goes, the less chance of them doing that. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to say, Grumpy, are you a religious man? Yeah, why? Why? I'm just going to say, be patient and have faith, Grumpy. That's all. Be patient and have faith. Again, I, if he doesn't make a move, then I'll jump all over him. I, I, I call me crazy, Grumpy. I'm not going to jump on someone preemptively. Until he's had the chance to make a move in this particular situation, it doesn't. I'm just saying be patient, Grump. That's all. Um, you can be patient. I, you know, hey, I'm older than you. I can you're just gonna be grumpy. I could be dead by the time he makes another move. Who knows? That is true, Grumpy. That would leave me in a real hole. I don't know who we're gonna have fill that spot with the grumpy old man. I don't know either. <laughs> I can't help you there. I mean, I honestly I just I mean, is Mike Hoffman an option? No, he's not. Uh, they don't have the money. They don't have the money. Unless they actually move contracts, they don't have the money. Well, I, I do think they're going to move a contract, grumpy old man. I think that is the plan. That's why they acquired those capital, that capital, that draft capital. And if we are able to move it, I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't put our hand in the ring for a guy like Mike Hoffman. I'd be shocked if we didn't. I I, I don't see how it's possible. I don't see how it's possible. What do you mean you don't see how it's possible? I don't see how it's possible to sign him. How are you going to sign Mike Hoffman? You still only you still only have eight and a half million dollars to sign people, and the only guys who are interested in signing are Matt Martin and Andy Green. If we're how are you going to sign Mike Hoffman in this scenario? Right, this all dependent on whether we can move a guy like Boychuk and Kovarov. 
That's what the rumors are, right? That we're actively shopping around those two players and we're trying to move them, right? That frees up about $8 million in cap space. Well, uh, then why did they make the trade if they didn't have a move in place? Hoffman's looking for a one-year deal. I'm just saying. I think that in that situation, if we – Let me ask you, why is he looking for a one-year deal? Why is he looking for a one-year deal? Grump, I'm going to backtrack it. I'm going to say something before you ran me off. Again, a one-year deal situation for the Islanders is perfect. And the reason he's looking for a one-year deal is because he wants to go ahead and try to extend his contract into the next season where he's able to get a little bit more of a con, a more more uh, more cap tied to him. Because right now, cap's staying flat for three years. Exactly. Why do you think that Taylor Hall signed a one-year deal? That's my whole point. That, that a, is my whole point for the whole podcast is teams don't have the cap money. And the longer it goes, the less cap money they have. So, therefore, we're not going to be able to offload some of our toxic assets. That's all. Grump, I'm going to say this. You keep bringing up that point, and I'm going to, I'm going to revert back to the original point I made. We don't know who are on the no-move clause. We don't know what teams they have allowed it to be allowed to be moved to. And if that's the case, these teams would have to have excess amounts of capital. Any team that's competing, Grumpy, would not be willing to take on Johnny Boychuk to the roster or Leo Komarov. These are all have no actual aspirations of winning the Stanley Cup. And if that's the case, you, it doesn't matter how late you wait in the free agency. You know that, right? It doesn't okay. matter how late you late. Then why the charade, if that's the case, and they don't want, they have these no-move clauses or no-trade clauses only to certain areas, you should know what teams that he would want to be traded to or would not want to be traded to. If you couldn't work out a deal, why get rid of Taves and bring in two second-round draft picks if you don't have anyone to move these guys to? Hold, hold on, That's bro. My hold on, bro. You ever negotiated before? All the time. All okay. the time. Well, here, here's a question for you, Grumpy. How often in negotiations, when you have an idea and you're pushing a person, you think you can go ahead and lower them a little bit more to a certain aspect – and you get the chips you need to do that, and then you have the upper hand on. What are you going to do? You're going to go ahead and say, you know what, we agreed to this deal. Let's go ahead and push it forward. Or are you going to go ahead and try to finagle a little bit to save yourself some money? All I'm going to say is he's he's bargaining. They're negotiating right now. And I'm not willing to jump on somebody like you very well are right now until they actually have a chance to make the move. If the entire free agency time period goes by and they don't, sure, I'll jump on it. But until then, I'm not doing it. Well, that's fine. But like I said, I live in the moment. And at this moment, you traded your most valuable trade asset, I guess, that you figured you could get a couple of second-round picks for the express purpose, that's what everyone's saying, of moving, you know, some veterans. And it hasn't happened. And then, well, you know, when everyone says, well, there's no trade clauses. Well, you should have known that because then the move is futile anyway. Like I said, long-term injury. You can you can make money. You can. It's more than a million dollars for long-term injury. Okay, you can't dump him in the minors, but put him on long-term injury. Trump, if he makes if he makes a trade next week, I want you just the entire podcast to apologize because again, you just don't understand that negotiation takes time. Grumpy, I don't understand. Do you really think he made a trade legitimately? Do you think Lou Lamarillo made a trade, acquiring draft capital with the anticipation that he can move it, and then? He hadn't called those specific teams that were on the list, and he says, oh, wait a second. This actually isn't in our price range. You know what? We're just going to keep the draft picks, and we're just going to move Devontae. Thanks so much for your time. Do you think that's what happened? No. What I think happened was that he went in and he realized, oh, I can't – since I wasn't paying attention all year long that I had to sign these guys, 
I get into the offseason and I can't afford to sign all three of them. They're all taken to go to arbitration. I don't want them going to arbitration, so I'm just going to move them off the roster, and now I don't have to worry about signing three guys. I only have to sign two. That's what I think it was only two players went to arbitration, right? Yeah, and it was Taves and Pulak. And And that was going to cost them money. He wasn't going to get them on the cheap. He wasn't going to be able to get them on the cheap. Three players, Taves, Hosang, Pulak. I mean, again, Hosang, they, Hosang, Hosang doesn't even count. Hosang doesn't even count. He's doesn't he doesn't play on the team. He's never going to play on the team. Okay, I'm just I'm just stating that to be factually accurate. Hosang okay. also went to arbitration. Okay, but who were the most important guys who went to the guys who actually contributed to the team and went to arbitration were Pulak and Taves. And as soon as he went to arbitration, bang, he was gone because he wasn't going to be able to get him on the cheap, and he didn't have the money. And there was nothing they could do to get the money because the cost of trade getting rid of a Johnny Boychuk or a Comrade were just too high. And because that's what other teams did earlier. They were proactive, where instead of being reactive and waiting and waiting and waiting, you put yourself in a box and now you're screwed. And that's where we are with our cap situation. I mean, those are just facts. Bro, I feel like I feel like I feel like implementing if he makes a trade next week, you're never allowed back on the podcast, Grumpy, because you just won't stop with the point. I'm telling you, Grumpy old man, you're being extremely impatient and you don't understand about negotiation. At least based off the exchange we've had today, I really don't think you understand about negotiation. And I, I try to break it down as easy as possible. You talk about this, you don't have the cap, you don't have if he comes out there and doesn't make a deal, I will jump on it with you. I don't think we should be talking about this anymore. You have your opinion. I have my opinion on it. We're not going to budge, quite obviously. You're impatient. I'm not. I'm more patient. What can I say? I'm hey. not going to jump on somebody until the actual period's over. I'm fine with looking at what they do and then analyzing and saying, this is where they made the mistake. But until that mistake has been 100% fully committed to, I'm not going to jump on it. Well, you can say, you know, if it's and nuts, and it's and nuts were a bag of nuts. You know, you'd be a rich man. But you know what? He hasn't traded anyone. And until he does, I'm going to continue to have this point of view. I'd be ecstatic if he traded some guys. He needs to trade guys. I've been preaching it for years. Get rid of the old guys. Stop Stop. Stop in uh, putting resources to re-signing old players. You don't need to do that. Let the young guys play. But he just – it's not what he, it's not his modus operandi. It just isn't. He likes keeping the old guys until he actually moves someone. You're going to hear this from me because we need to move them. I want them to move him. I'd be ecstatic if they do. I just don't think he's going to. That's all. All righty, all then, Grumpy. I think that kind of wraps up our podcast today. Is there anything else you want to say before we kind of conclude things, Grumpy? Again, I leave another podcast scratching my head, trying to trying to understand Grumpy's point of view. How the hell did Lou Lamarillo win GM of the year? That's what I want to know. How did he win GM of the year? He mismanaged the cap by signing back a bunch of old players, which puts us in the situation is we trade for a couple of older guys. Uh, I don't know. That, that's how you win GM of the year? I guess maybe he was the only name on the ballot. Is that how that happened? I think he won GM of the year because they had a pedestrian regular season. They had some injuries, and they made a much longer run into the playoffs than most anticipated. I think, and again, I, I know the I know the GM of the year is supposed to be based off the regular season, and I do understand it. But I think because we had such a long hiatus, it's easy to forget some of the warts and mistakes that some made. But I think people were able to look directly at the trades he made at the deadline and said, because they acquired John Gabriel Pajot and Andy Green, they were able to make it this far in the playoffs. And because of that, Lou Lemerill is the GM of the year. I really believe it. 
but I thought those votes were done before the playoffs started. Maybe they weren't, but I thought they were. I, with everything the way it happened, Grumpy, remember, I'm, I'm sure they didn't know what was going on with the season. So even if it happened before the playoffs started, it would happen two or three months removed from the regular season. Yeah, it just drives me crazy when you listen to the Islander honks and bobos now, how saying, oh, this is a great deal for the Islanders. Taves wasn't that good, right? Yeah, Taves wasn't that good. Okay, he was a top four defenseman on a team that's one of the best defensive teams in the league and one of their only puck movers, but, you know, and only a year and a half in the league. I'll take a guy like that every day of the week. I, I will I will say this much, Grum. I've never understood fan bases that uh, shit on their players once they leave and they try to undervalue their actual worth. You're right. I think that's an accurate assessment. Devon Taves, just like every defenseman in the league, made a mistakes, sure. And the same token, though, he was the top four defenseman on a team that was, for the last two seasons, top five or top ten defensively in the league. So it's real. And again, I'll chalk some of that up to the system, certainly. But in the same token, the system is played by the players. Players play the game. Exactly. Exactly. I just, like I said, I'm just, I've resigned to the fact that next year we're going to be maybe a playoff team. Maybe. Um, but that's about it. It no depends. It, it depends, Grumpy, right? If we have, we, injuries- can't, we can't depend on another pandemic. Uh, to come in and get us get our old guys back up to speed. We can't we can't count on that. I'm gonna go back to my point. It depends on what happens. It depends on how healthy we are. We're not a team that could really miss any integral parts to our team and be successful. We can't miss a guy like Barzal and come close to winning a Stanley Cup. Or we can't miss a guy like you know the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're missing Steven Stamkos. If imagine if we missed a guy like Brock Nelson. Let's say Steven Stamkos is the Brock Nelson of the New York Islanders, or the Brock Nelson of the New York Islanders is the Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Grumpy, I'm, I'm asking you. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to remove yourself a little bit. I'm saying comparatively, right? Steven Stamkos is he the best player on the, the Tampa Bay Lightning? Is he the best forward? No. Okay, that's my point. He's not even the second best forward anymore. Okay, so he's the third best forward. Whatever. Yeah. So imagine he's a guy like a Brock Nelson. He's extremely important to the New York Islanders. I'm just saying, could you imagine the New York Islanders being extremely successful if they missed a guy like Brock Nelson for a, a large portion of the season and then they were able to make a playoff run like that if they were missing a guy like Brock Nelson? That's my point, right? When we have injuries, I think our team significantly gets hindered. Where other teams, they do have a plethora of talent and players that are ready to step up. When it comes to certain positions, I don't necessarily believe that. Yeah, sure, we can slide Jean-Gabriel Pajot up to the second line and then maybe throw in a guy like Otto Koivula, but I'm not sure we get the same results. Well, I don't think we can lose a forward, a valuable fo- one of our top forwards, as opposed to a defenseman. And that's what Tampa did. They were loaded, loaded offensively. So they could have, I mean, I'm not saying that they, they didn't miss Stamkos, but uh, they could afford to lose Stamkos more than we could afford to lose one of our top. They, again, like it's, t- it's tough. I, I shouldn't use Tampa because they're ridiculously talented and they're stacked on both offense and defense. Man, for the majority of the season, they're running a seven-man rotation on the defensive side of the puck, so they make sure everybody can stay fresh. And when someone's a little banged up, it was easy to give them a day off. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have used them as an example. But if we miss a guy on defense, I think we can have a next guy man up mentality. I think if we miss a few of the top six forwards on our team, I think we're in trouble. Look at last year and even two seasons ago. How many games did we miss Anders Lee for? Not many. I don't know the exact number. How many games do we make, miss Brock Nelson for? None. I, I, hey, I want to tell many, you. I couldn't imagine. How many games do we miss Jordan Everly for? We missed him for a few, I think, two years ago or a year ago, but not many. How many games do we miss Matt Barzal? 
None. I can count them on one hand. I, How many games did they miss Anthony Bavillier? I can count them on one hand. We've been extremely lucky in our top six to stay very healthy. And again, knock on wood right here. I hope that continues to be the, the scenario and the case for us. But could you imagine what happens? Because injuries happen. Could you imagine if one of our top six guys go out? I think we're really hurting them. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to give a lot of credit to our off-ice staff, honestly, because our guys don't get hurt. Some guys get hurt all the time, right? Certain teams have injuries all the time. But we've been really, really lucky. Uh, you know, okay, broken bone here or there, but you don't see the muscle injuries and stuff like that. And that's – I have to say I'm going to – you really have to give kudos to our off-ice staff and getting these guys, you know, the way that they train them up. Uh, so they don't suffer injuries like that. I'm not saying we never get an injury like that, but you know, as you get older, you're more prone to injury, and that's what I—that's why my—that's all my concern is. If these guys were all 23, 24 years old, no problem keeping them. But when you're older, you know, your best years are behind you, and that's—I mean, Josh Bailey's never hurt either. How else do you play? You know, 800 million games like he's played for the Islanders. Well, yeah, again, I think you are right. Definitely big kudos to the staff and, you know, the medical crew out there because I'm sure the Islanders, just like every single team, has guys with bumps and bruises, and maybe they do a perfect job at managing that to where it's not able to continue to escalate, you know, as you've got this thigh injury or as your hip flexor is a little sore, you start straining a different muscle differently, and that keeps you out for now two or three weeks because, you know, it results in a pulled hamstring or, you know, whatever. Again, there's a lot of different scenarios. But we have made, remained pretty healthy, especially in our top six forwards. And knock on wood that that's able to continue because if not, I think we're looking at a different scenario. But to answer your question, Grumpy, I think it had something to do with the performance in the playoffs. Even though votes are supposed to be done during the regular season, I don't know when the actual votes were cast this year. But I think the playoff performance had a big deal with Lou Lamarillo being GM of the year. Well, if they counted the votes – to include the playoffs, I guess you could see it because I didn't think he did. Uh, like I said, I didn't think he deserved it. I mean, there's other years I thought he deserved, but not this year. And the scenario, I think people were so far – it was two different seasons, like we talked about before. The regular season was almost a season of its own, and the playoffs were almost seasons of its, a season of its own. So I think people were a little disconnected from the regular season because, remember, the Islanders in the regular season were riding a seven-game losing streak before they just squeaked their way into the playoffs. And who's to say – that when we had a guy like Sezikis that was still out and Pelic still out, that the Islanders would have even made the playoffs. If it wasn't. Made, yeah, I don't. We wouldn't have made the playoffs. We were. We were. I mean, the chart for us was down, and you saw teams like uh, Carolina, uh, Florida, the Rangers were all playing hot down the stretch. I, I don't think we would have made the playoffs. And then is he GM of the year if we don't make the playoffs? No. Mm -hmm. Right. You go from 100 and whatever points, 103 points to 80 something and uh, you win GM of the year. No. So it is what it is. Hey, good for him. He won the award. Yeah. I'm not I'm not complaining about him winning like you are grumpy. I know you're baffled by it. I, I, I just don't think he deserved it. That's all. <laughs> right, good, good for him. I mean, it's like a going away present for him. Oh, grumpy. lifetime achievement award for Lou Lamarillo. <laughs> Oh, grumpy old man. I just I just think that he struggles in the salary cap era. I, I think they should have some guy who's just specifically for the cap and, and makes all those deals, and I, I think they need someone like that. I really do. 
I'll tell you this, Grumpy. He's not the only person that struggles in the salary cap era. And it's not like it's just in a sport of hockey. Teams struggle in the salary cap era because they're pushing for the now and they're pushing for the Stanley Cup. That's what happens. When you're trying to say, all right, I'm okay mortgaging a little bit of what the future looks like because I believe this current roster and with our current coach, we can make a run. And that's how it works. I mean, think about how many of these teams that make consistent runs in the playoffs traded away their first round draft picks year after year after year to acquire, you know, that one big piece to put them over the top in order to win this. Happens on a yearly basis for some teams. Yeah, it does. I mean, no doubt about it. I just don't think it's smart. I mean, unless you're real close, you got to be real close. And I just don't think we're real close. I mean, the really good teams in the league are just better than us. And like I said, I think we benefited from the pandemic where we came back 100% healthy. And you know, every year out of the gate, the Trots players and the Trots system is really good at the beginning. And as the season, you know, ebbs and flows and guys get injured, it's not as good. Everyone has to be on uh, – and that's the one thing Barry Trotz does. He gets everyone rowing in the same direction. They all I, I won't say that's a problem of the system. I'll say more that's a problem with the current cast and crew that we have on the team. Certainly, I'll agree because we, I don't think, have enough depth if we lose a guy who's extremely important to our defensive core. Like, remember, Pellick, we learned about how valuable he was when he went out, right? We learned that firsthand. And I can only imagine if we lost a guy who really had a lot of offensive acumen to our team, what our scoring situation would look like. That being said, I think if Sorokin plays his advertised grumpy old man, you're about to see the Islanders what they were two seasons ago. I think our goaltending drop in a big way when Leonard left in free agency. And I don't think it was specifically because of Leonard. I think they had played out of their mind well. And we surprised and shocked a lot of teams last year. They weren't expecting us to play as well as we did. But that being said, I don't think Varlamov was as good as Leonard. I just don't think that's the case. And I think nope. Sorokin, you know, by the end of the season, he should definitely be our starting goalie. You know, he's going to be the guy. And if he's able to play and perform as advertised, I think you're looking at a team that has a really, a real stone wall back there in net and a really, really tough veteran group of defensemen. I think you could be, you could, you could make a run if you put a few pieces on the offensive side. I really do. I believe it, Grumpy. Yeah, I just don't see us being able to add offensive pieces. I just don't because of the cap situation and the contract situation that we have on our our top nine. I mean, we just we just don't. Uh, and Sorokin, and you know, I was not a fan of the Varlamov signing, but I know why it was done. So I tempered my anger for that because I think it was all to get Sorokin over here. Well, remember that, right, Grumpy? You got so upset about that, and what happens? The well, plan comes to fruition. Oh, the plan comes to fruition, and a year later, it all works out. And I'm saying this is a different scenario here, but who's not to say that the same exact situation might unfold, where you get impatient, you get upset, but you know, a few weeks from now, the trade works out. Boychuk's gone. Maybe even a guy like Komarov, perhaps too. Those are the rumors. And who's to say that that won't be the same situation? Uh, because they didn't need to sign Varlamov to a five-year deal. That's why. Oh, the, hold on, that was not answering my question. <laughs> Well, I still, I told you, I still think the Volmov deal was a bad deal, but I know it was specifically to bring a player in. Where Taves was not to bring a player in, it was to try, hopefully, get rid of some from players to get you some cap so you can sign your restricted free agents. That's what it's all about. 
Because right now they still don't have enough money to sign Pulak and Barzal. They don't have enough money under the cap. All righty, Grumpy. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. I know we're a little over an hour. Is there anything else you want to say before we kind of wrap things up, Grumpy? No, I'm good. I, I got a chance to vent today, and I got to see you wear a nice Islander collared shirt there. It was very nice. Uh, I have to compliment you on your attire this week. Well, that's a rare compliment. I'll make sure I tuck that away in the very important things in this little pocket here. If I had a little frocket, I'd put it right there. But you'll have to just believe that I have pockets in my pants, even though I don't. You got it. Uh, Yes. Well, thank you so much, Grumpy, for being a part of the podcast, as always. My pleasure. And thanks so much, guys, who are here on the live stream and listening here to the podcast. Uh, we do appreciate it. We like being able to interact with you guys as we podcast. It, it's a lot of fun with us to see the comments rolling in and to see, you know, what opinions you like or what, you know, you might not agree with. That's fine. Uh, we do always appreciate their uh, healthy conversation. So we do appreciate being able to connect with you guys. And thank you so much for being a part of this, as always, Grumpy. Thank you.